All right, everyone, welcome back to the Squid Talk Pod. I think this is uh, number 12, not even sure. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. But huge guest today, Alex Wolf, serial entrepreneur, very unique mindset. Mm. Um, you know, I know a lot of successful older entrepreneurs. Some some of them are very much on the nerdy side. Some are very much on the hardcore, in-your-face, discipline, motivation side. Um, but you have, like, a very balanced perspective on mm. life, it seems. And we met at a... What would you call that? Like a private entrepreneur dinner? Yeah. Networking event the other day. Thought you were really cool right away. Um, and just from the you know little details you gave, I was like, I would love to get this guy on the podcast. So thanks for being here, Alex Wolf. Awesome. Um, here. Let's take it back to the start. Right yeah. now, you're a very successful entrepreneur, still building companies. But what was that? What was that early life like? Were you always an entrepreneur, or did you kind of find that later on? I started working at a young age. My parents really got me into work from a young, young age. I had my first job when I was 10 years old. My dad would wake me up at five in the morning and drop me off and I'd go flip burgers at the hockey arena while my friends were playing hockey. That was my first job. So I really got into working at a young age. Always had like a job or at least two jobs all the way to through school, sometimes even three jobs. And, you know, that led into my career as a pilot. Um, that was my career for many, many years. It was an awesome career. I got to travel around the world and fly to all kinds of really dope places and meet some really cool people and got to learn a lot in that one. And it opened up a lot of doors for me. Super happy that I chose that route. Uh, and then, you know, somewhere in there, I started exploring entrepreneurship. I had my first uh, business with my business partner back in 2009. It was an aviation-based business. Uh, so I was mixing the worlds of aviation and entrepreneurship. I learned a lot in that one. It was a it was a crazy run. I ended up selling the business to my biggest competitor and breaking even. And then I just it was a lot of responsibility, you know, paying for people's salaries and bills and all this kind of stuff. It was a lot of pressure. So then I just went back to the workforce, went back into piloting, and um, I did that for a few more years. And then once again, some doors opened up and. I dove right back into entrepreneurship. I ended up starting a business with my um, the guy that I was flying for in his private jet, and we mm. started a, uh, a company. It was a cannabis company. Now we saw the opportunity in cannabis. I was very passionate about it at the time, and we went out. We raised a bunch of money. We raised fifty-five million dollars. We built the most kick-ass indoor cannabis facility at the time. It was huge, and it ended up uh, becoming one of the largest cannabis companies in the world. Which was pretty awesome we took it public yeah it was it was dope it was a hell of a ride i had a lot of fun a lot of lessons learned along the way as well and then i basically you know took those lessons had another business um exited that as well and then put all those lessons and blessings and everything along the way into the the current business now which is circadian wellness and our, our brand eons nice and by the way for everyone curious what eons is it's uh how would you describe that i my understanding is it's, you know, full, full system on how to maximize your health and your potential using the capabilities of mushrooms, right? And I've, I've been trying them out myself, and it's great. But Thank how you. would you describe it? That's dope. No, it's a great explanation. It's, uh, yeah, we wanted to bring mushrooms into the world. They've been mushrooms have been around for thousands of years in health practices and millions of years in general. They're 
the oldest technology in the world. You know, the original internet system, billions of years old, is the mycelial network that travels all throughout the earth underground, bringing, transporting nutrients to all plant life and water to all plant life. It's highly intelligent. It's the largest living organism in the world. So it's, it's really nature's technology. And it's been used in health practices for thousands of years, dating back to ancient China, ancient Egypt. But it isn't that used here in the West. So we wanted to come out with a, a really cool brand and create fun and innovative products on how to use these mushrooms and make them very bioavailable so that people feel the effects of them. Um, that's something I've learned along the way is when people try a product, they want to feel it. They want to feel that it works. So we make these products very effective and we're trying to help modern day problems like sleep and anxiety and gut health and productivity and a bunch of other things. So that's, uh, that's kind of what we're up to. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a really fun ride. Oh yeah, man. Well, I could ask you so many questions on that whole little, uh, explanation of the past. I guess the first one I have is being a pilot is all about rules, yeah. rules and regulations, <laughs> right? That's a huge jump mm. pilot to entrepreneur. Because entrepreneurs have no rules. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's why I wanted to start my own business. I was yeah. tired of listening to other people. So is, was that a hard change? Was there, was there a moment where you're like, I'm done with this pilot shit? Or was it, you know, I, I looked you up. I did some research. Uh -huh. I saw that you had a big fear of heights, right, when That's you were right. young? That's right. So do you think that, you know, accomplishing that or getting over that fear of heights to become a pilot helped you with getting over that fear of failure? Mm. How did that transition even happen? Yeah, so I did have a really bad fear of heights growing up as a kid. It was brutal. I wouldn't go on roller coaster rides or bridges or balconies or anything like that. It was I was pretty terrified. And thank God my parents tricked me into taking a flying lesson one day. And so I got to the airport. You know, the guy says he's going to give me a tour of the, air, of the airport. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, we're just going to taxi over there. Okay. And then we start taking off. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We start taking off and I'm like, oh my God, this is really happening. You know? And, and literally my life was flashing before my eyes. I was, I was scared, but he said to me, he's like three words that, that really changed my trajectory. He's like, you have control. And he let go of the airplane and I had to basically choose to take control in that moment. And in that, how old are you, by the way? I was 17. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I was 17 and so I took control of the airplane and I'm, I'm actually lifting off. I'm taking off. And it was, it was just the fear like disintegrated in those seconds, you know? And it was like, wow, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I had no choice but to take control and rise above the fear. So long story short, the flight went great. You know, we flew all around my hometown, got to see my old high school and my, my childhood home and all this kind of stuff. And then at the end of the flight, he says to me, he goes, Alex, you're a natural. And I don't know if that was true or not, but I, I chose to believe him. You know, I just chose to like, okay, well, maybe I'm a natural this. And I, I went back the next day and I took another flying lesson. I just became obsessed. And then it was because of that, that I realized that the fear was really just an illusion. It was just something that was in my head that I got to face and rise above. So then from that point on, I was really pretty much fearless. Cause I, to me, fear was like, I had, I'd faced my biggest fear. Fake. It's fake. Yeah. Fear is fake. Yeah. So I brought that really into entrepreneurship and business and everything. I really like really pushed the limits for a long time. And I, I thank you for saying I'm balanced now, but for a long time I was just full sending it because I didn't have any fear. I'd already faced my biggest fear. So I just, mm -hmm. that's why everything I did, I did it big and biggest cannabis company and, and all this kind of stuff. Cause it was just like, 
don't even let the the fear didn't phase me at all. Mm-hmm. So that was a it worked out in a in a pretty cool way. Nice. And then that transition because you said you were commercial, right? First commercial, yeah. And then you transitioned over to private jets. Yes. Um, you know, I think I think that's such a great industry because once again, like every single person you're hanging out with is really successful. So I'm sure you get to learn a lot, right? Exactly. Did you learn? Well, what do you think? Were the first? Were let me let me rephrase that. Were there any significant ideas that completely changed the way you think mm. having surrounded yourself with this, you know, upper echelon level uh, class of people, you could say? Yeah, there was a few things. There's one is like, well, don't be afraid of anything, you know? And, and it was like, I stopped putting people on pedestals, you know, even though these people had lots of money and they were really successful, I really got to see that they're just people. Everybody's just people. And some people have better skills than other but we're all really on the same playing field. And I got to hang out with, you know, decamillionaires and I got to hang out with celebrities and I got to meet all kinds of success, successful entrepreneurs. And some were really smart. Some weren't that smart. It was just like, wow, these are all just people. These are all just like, you know, trying to, people trying to figure it out. And some had more money and some made better moves than others. But I stopped putting people on pedestals. And I was like, hey, if they could do it, I could do it. There's really, it's all possible. And so it, it showed me that, Anything is possible. You just got to pick a lane and charge it up with your energy and your passion and focus on it. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll climb that mountain one day. Nice. Hell yeah. And, and how did, how did that first business even start with your, your client? Are you just like, you overheard him talking and you're like, what, what's that about? And you kind of just integrated yourself in there. Yeah. So he was, he was my boss and he was a very successful guy, really sharp guy. He had multiple exits in his life, a couple, you know, very large exits and he was doing well. He had a private jet, helicopter, the cars, the Rolls Royce, the, the homes, the whole thing. And he was he older or younger. Back he then? was not that older. He was, you know, early forties and we were cruising around and I, I could tell that he was bored. I could tell like he had already made it to this plateau in his life and he would be like, hey, there's a new steakhouse in New York. Fire up the jet. We're going to New York for dinner. Or there's a new place in Miami. Go go start up the jet. Or, hey, I bought this new plane in Arizona. Go pick it up. You know, so it was like, it was cool. It was an awesome job. I loved it. But I realized that he was bored. Like, there was more. And I was like, man, this guy's a super successful entrepreneur. And at that time, uh, I was really passionate about cannabis at that time. And I saw the legalization movement of cannabis happening. So I was like, man, I, and he, he basically, he wanted me to invest in, in certain things, you know? So he'd bring me to these investor meetings and he'd be like, Alex, you got to invest in your future. So he was trying to help you. He was trying to help. He looked at you as like a friend. He's like, I'm trying to totally bring you in. Totally. We became good friends and it was close. Like I'm, I'm flying his, his family around and stuff like that. So obviously there's a level of trust there, but, and we did become close. So he's like, Alex, uh, you should invest in your future, you know? And I was like, well, I am investing. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? What are you investing in? I'm like, I'm investing in cannabis. Like, and he's like, cannabis, what are you talking about? It's illegal. I was like, yeah, but it's going to be legal one day. And he's like, what are you talking about? I mean, trust me, this is a, this is a movement that's happening in Canada at the time and in States as well. But we were, what year was this, by the way? This was in 2017. Okay. Oh, so not too long ago. Not too long ago. Cannabis stocks were taking off and I started to show him how much money was being made in the stock market with cannabis. And he was like, wow, there's, there's an opportunity here. And after about six months of you know, talking about it and, and researching. He, he called me one day and he's like, I want to do this. Let's, how can we do this? And I was like, well, we got to get the biggest indoor building that we could find. 
and we converted into an indoor cannabis growing facility because a lot of companies back then were doing outdoor and greenhouse and i was like that's bullshit is like you want indoor high quality chronic you sell it at a really competitive price with some kick-ass brands and the kids will eat this up and they'll they'll buy it and you know we'll we'll crush this thing and he's like all right let's do it and that's that was basically how it started nice okay well the one question i have on that is i personally find myself saying yes to opportunities that i'm nowhere near prepared for Mm. right like biting off way more than i can chew and my mindset is like, you know what? Like, I'm either going to figure it out, like I'll, I'll finish it and I'll swallow it or I'll choke and die. But like, you know, the thing about entrepreneurship is <laughs> kind of like you said at the beginning, you're not going to die. It's the, you know, that fear is fake. Yes. So in that instance, for that, for that venture, did you actually feel like you were prepared to do this? Or you're like, fuck the opportunities there might as well go for it. Worst case scenario. Like, I don't know. I'll go back to being a pilot. Did you feel overwhelmed at all? Or you were like, we could do this. I was so charged, man. I was doing all the right things at that time too. I had so much energy. It was like a vibrational escrow account was built up and I was just ready. You know, I like, I was preparing my whole life for that thing. And yeah, there was times where I was like, I was kind of winging it, you know, in the boardroom and stuff like that. And they're having these high level meetings and I didn't know this stuff. I never went to school for it, you know? So there was times where I was definitely winging it, but my energy, my enthusiasm, my passion, um, and my work ethic really pushed me through it, you know? And I, and then after a while you pick up things, you learn quick. And I was sober at that time too, which was a big, I think it was a big testament to my success was I stopped, you know, I stopped smoking weed, I stopped drinking alcohol, and I just had so much more focus and so much more attention to put into it. And I attribute that a a big, big part of it. Nice. That's awesome. And I think one thing I like that you brought up right there is, you know, you said winging it a little bit. I think most people who've never started something, whether it is like an adult or someone my age, a kid, they like to look at someone like yourself or someone really successful and they just they assume that this person always had the answer mm. they always had it figured out that's one the first ever book i read on entrepreneurship was shoe dog you ever read that one i haven't phil knight phenomenal oh, right yeah Nike. and my favorite part was you know at the beginning he was lying to factories over in japan about being a legit business yeah this mm. is where our office is located in reality he was operating out of his uh, basement and he was selling shoes out of his car, like track meet to track meet for high schoolers. Right. You know? And so you look at a big company like that and you're like, damn, these guys, this guy must have all the answers, but he started just like anybody else winging it. Right. Um, And then you get better over time, obviously, but that's awesome. And so how long that was from 2017 until when that was 2017 until 20. So I, I, we basically started another company midway through that. I saw the opportunity in the United States with CBD. Mm-hmm. Hemp had just become legal. I think it was 2018 or 2019. And we were building out our facility, the cannabis facility. And I was like, man, there's another wave coming. The CBD wave is coming. Cannabis wave is here. We're riding that. We got our surfboards and we're riding that wave. Mm-hmm. But there's another wave coming, CBD. And uh, we decided to start a, a CBD business. So we got shopcbd.com and we started an e-com. We went out and scouted 35 of the biggest CBD brands and we put them all on this platform. And that was my introduction into e-com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we launched it out of California, Los Angeles. And um, yeah, so that was a whole other learning experience. I moved to LA. I was learning all that thing. And there's a whole bunch of stories that could go into that. But that's what we did that. And then we ended up selling that company um basically broke even and then we 
I went back to the cannabis company, moved back to Canada, worked there for about a year or less, and then um, decided to do my own thing on entrepreneurship, and I left the company, and I moved on. I started Circadian Wellness uh, with some business partners, and then we started Eons about a year later. Nice. That's awesome. I guess my – I have kind of a little off-topic question, sure. but I think it's really important. Um, do you believe in luck? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I believe luck and hard work are symbiotic. Perfect. Yeah. Harder work, the luckier you get. Nice. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. I think um, I, this is kind of in line with the whole – so for everyone listening, Alex gave me this phenomenal morning routine, mm. right? What did you call it? The uh, Mental hygiene. Mental hygiene, um, self-mastery, yes. morning routine, right? Yes. I actually changed it a little bit. I like you know, that. Good. I've been doing it every day, though, for the past two weeks. How are you liking it's, it? It's awesome, yeah. right? Even on the days when I've been really busy, I've been, you know, a couple, there was a couple days when I forgot to do it right in the morning because I had meetings right away or I had to go to, like, a, a run club really early. But um, I've been doing it every day. It's awesome. I changed one detail about What'd it. What did you change? Um, I changed, for everyone listening, there was this, essentially, it's first... Write down what you're most grateful for. Ten things. Yes. Um, number two, there's five steps. Number two is anyone taking up negative space in your mind. Send them love and forgiveness. The third one is uh, think of all the people that are absolutely essential in your life. Mm -hmm. Fourth one is um, write down the emotions you felt in the last 24 hours. And then the fifth one is uh, close your eyes and think about a great memory you had, right? Pretty much, yeah. I, I replaced number four with I, I moved five to four. Okay. So number four obviously is close your eyes, think of a great memory from the past. Yes. And my new number five is close your eyes and think about your future. Oh, cool. And I just posted a video on this. It did pretty well. I, I think so many people humans are obsessed with this idea of the future. Mm. They like to picture how things are gonna go and they and they assume like, oh yeah, this is gonna happen. It it doesn't exist yet. It never will exist. I, this is my favorite quote, or one of my favorite quotes. The easiest way to predict the future is to create it. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, my new step five is close your eyes and picture your ideal life, right? I love it. What car are you driving? Think of all the details, right? What's your wife look like <laughs> that one morning when you wake up early and she comes out, right? Yeah. All that. Because um, if you picture that enough, now you know what you want, you know where to aim, and then you can go there, right? So, But it's been awesome, and I think my biggest takeaway from – this uh, routine is obviously, like you said, when you put out good energy, it comes back, yes. right? And I think that's similar with luck. I think uh, I used to consider myself an unlucky person. Everything always went against me, mm -hmm. so I need to work extra hard to change that. Mm -hmm. But recently I've been saying every day, like I'll wake up, I'll, I'll say I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Things just always go my way. Yeah. And maybe it's just me starting to notice things now, but shit has been going my way. Honestly, for sure. it's awesome. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So I think uh, for everyone listening, like if, if you're a downer and you're always thinking of the negative, always focusing on the negative, that will only bring you more pain and suffering. Yeah. I'm curious. Have you always had this? You, you seem very laid back, but I know you're also a very focused and driven, ambitious person. Mm. Has that always been this way for you? Or was there a period of darkness or maybe like a very low low in your life that you kind of had to climb out of a hole you could say of course yeah i've had i've had many lows you know i've hit a couple rock bottoms and and it was because of those rock bottoms that you know i got to really see what i was made out of and and climb out of those rock bottoms and and 
work back towards it. You know, I remember one for an example, I'll, I'll, you know, I haven't really shared this publicly, but 2000, I'll take you back to 2015. I'd got myself in a lot of debt and the only job that I could find at the time, there was the pilot industry was slow down. The only job that I could find a lot of, uh, that could make a lot of money legally quickly was in the oil fields in Northern Alberta. So we're like, you know, 10 miles from the Arctic circle. It's minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit every day. And we wake, we're waking up at five in the morning, driving an hour up like in these crazy roads to go work on the, on the oil field and in the pipeline and like blue collar work blue collar yeah, work yeah. yeah blue collar work in the pipeline extremely dangerous like basically if one thing goes wrong on the pipeline if you hit something too hard or something like that sparks fly and then you're basically causing a massive explosion and yeah. people are dying i didn't even know how the hell i even got on this site i had very little blue collar experience yeah. working on the most dangerous part of the pipeline so anyway i'm working there working my ass off i was like fifty thousand dollars in debt i had no car. I had no girlfriend. I had no prospects. I was living in a basement apartment with two other grown men. I didn't even have a bed. I was sleeping on the floor by the fireplace. And the fireplace was the only thing that like basically gave me hope that I was going to make it through this thing. But I just kept grinding, you know, I just kept grinding, waking up every day, going to work, being grateful that I even had a job and I clawed my way back, you know, and then I went back to Montreal to visit at a condo. So I went to go check on the condo. And uh, I ran into an old friend and he's like, what are you up to now? And I'm like, oh man, I'm probably going back to the old fields. Like I'm in a tough time. He's like, why don't you come work for me? And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he managed a nightclub, you know, and it was, it was a up and coming nightclub. It was, it was doing good. And I was like, yeah, cool. So I, I, I dropped the oil thing and I went into the nightclub industry and it was a, it was a really cool job. I was basically getting paid to party and because of the, the people that I met there and was just in such an environment and was having so much fun and it just was such a swing, like the pendulum swung so much from the, that that shitty time. Um, you know, and I started, I changed my lifestyle. I started eating clean. I started working out. I started doing yoga. I started meditating. I just basically did all the opposite stuff that I was doing that got me to that position in the oil fields. I started doing the opposite. And I would just show up at the nightclub with such high energy. And it goes back to what you're saying with energy. And people felt it, you know, people were like, and I wasn't drinking. I was just there. I was just so happy to be there. I ended up meeting so many cool people. And that's what actually how I met the guy that I, I started flying for with the private jets. And I got back into aviation and you know how that story went. So it's like, you know, from 2015, you fast forward to 2019, I'm living in Los Angeles, basically a millionaire. I'm driving a brand new Range Rover. I'm living in Beverly Hills. Is that from the professions or had for, from any investments yet yeah that was that was from the that was from That's the pretty business. wild to make that much oh from the business okay gotcha, gotcha. yeah that was that was the, the moves that i had made was you know basically from being broke and sleeping on the floor in 2015 to 2019 living my dream life dating my celebrity dream crush in la and just and crushing it you know right. so it's like anything is possible but it all starts it's like you said it all starts with your energy and you just put that energy in there and it's and it's all a choice like it's exactly like you said it's all a choice you either if you believe you're the luckiest guy or if you believe you're the unluckiest guy, life will just show you either way that you're right. So mm -hmm. you get to choose, you know, and, and your life will just play out. You get to choose your story. You're the writer of your script story. No one's going to write it for you. You get to write it. And that's what that daily practice is every day is like now you're putting yourself in control of that, your own script of your story. Absolutely. I think attitude takes you everywhere. My, my grandma says a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> that's that's one of the things she's always said since day one. Attitude will take you everywhere. 
Um, Attitude is a code. When I'm yeah, and it's funny you say that. That's that's really interesting how the that experience at the nightclub brought hmm. you back into private aviation. There, yeah, I was literally you never know. You never know. You can find an opportunity anywhere if you're someone. I mean, so the way I look at life is. Um, you know, I think networking is the most important skill. Um, obviously you do have to work hard and you have to put that effort in and you have to take risks and make sacrifices. But at the end of the day, opportunity comes from people and you can be the hardest worker or the smartest guy, but if nobody fucking likes you because you're a dick or you're annoying or you're selfish or you lie, whatever, like no opportunity is going to come your way, whether it is someone giving you a job or investing in your company or believing in you. Whatever. So that's great. I, I think um, I think that's the first thing you can change to get your life on track. I agree. That was actually a really important question I wanted to ask you. And you kind of already answered it. But for anyone who might be watching um, who's new to your story or knows your story and they feel lost mm -hmm. or they're struggling, what's, what is the first thing you can change? Well, honestly, it's, your attitude is, is clutch. Like if you have a bad attitude – Good luck, man. Like no, one, like you said, no one's gonna be want to be around you. Your energy is contagious, and your your body's just the last thing that shows up. Like energy precedes matter, so it's just gonna affect everything. And and you know, so getting in a positive mindset, like mindset is clutch. Mindset is key, and that's why I do that morning routine is to take inventory of myself because, you know, I'm 40 years old now. You know, so life doesn't get easier. That's what I've realized. Like you think as you go on life gets easier life gets harder man life actually gets tougher and it's just up to us to get better at dealing with it so that's why i wake up early every day i do this mental hygiene technique i take inventory of everything that's going on and make sure no one's taking up space in my psyche and that kind of stuff i send them love and forgiveness because if you're holding on to that stuff you're holding on to that resentment like it's not going to help anything it's actually going to repel people from you it's an energy that you're you're repelling people so it's like you want to just be clear you want to be in the highest frequency that you can that's going to give you the best odds for something to happen because it's all energy at the end of the day and that may sound woo woo or not i don't i don't really care because yeah. it's true man it's all energy and your energy will move mountains so that's the first thing that you could focus on that's free it doesn't matter who you are what your what your situation is, is like, just get your mindset right. And there is these practices that you could do. It doesn't cost anything. You might have to get up early to do it. But I truly believe that if you want the things that nobody else has, you got to do the things that nobody else does. And that's going to give you that edge. And if you do that every day, you know, if you do that every day, by the end of the year, you're going to have done it at least 300 more times than the average person. And your energy is going to be, you know, that 300 times higher. And you're just going to have the better opportunities, at least, to attract a situation or a circumstance or an event or a person that may give you the chance. And then you just got to jump on the chance and be like, yeah, if they could do it. I could do it, too. We're all on the same playing field. You know, some people have better skills and that's OK. They've probably worked at it, but we're all in the same playing field. Mm. I like that. And I've, I've it's crazy because I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, that's like it's pretty much all I do It's like trying to talk to people, learn stuff, um, have great conversations. And it's, it's the same story over and over, but written a little differently. And it's essentially like, yeah, I was, I was essentially like a normal guy working a normal job and my attitude brought me somewhere. And I literally like what I think about right away is I don't really go out too much, but I, I got invited out to hang out with these, um, two DJs at superstition. It's this club here in Austin. Cool. And the dude that was, uh, helping us like the the host guy um 
he honestly kind of looks like you. He's got his long hair and everything. He's got tattoos. Good vibes. Yeah. This dude was such a like dope, genuine person to be around. It made yeah. our night so awesome that I literally wanted to be like, "Yo, do you want to work for me, bro?" That's like, awesome. I love there it. you go. Right? Yeah. So like, that's the first. Yeah, it's the first thing you can do, and it can set you. It can completely change your path. Um, I'm wondering how instrumental was your energy and your enthusiasm and your confidence versus your experience when you were raising for your company dude it was literally everything that was I, your first time right that was my first time raising money ever period you know and i i never raised money before i was a pilot before that like i said worked in a nightclub and before that had all kinds of odd jobs and yeah, so I, I never raised money for it. It was all energy. It was all passion. It was all drive. It was all confidence. And it was like clarity as well. Like I would really encourage anybody listening, like confidence is one thing, but once you combine confidence and clarity, once you have a clear vision of what you're up to and where this thing is going, like I had done my research, I knew this thing was going to take off. And, you know, those things, I was sober. I wasn't clouding my mind or being with alcohol or drugs or anything like that. And that, that was a palpable energy that people could feel. And when I got in the room with people, didn't matter if they were, you know, new investors or sophisticated investors, like they're like, yeah, I want in on this thing, you know? And I think I raised like $12 million myself the first go around. Like, at least, yeah. So it was, it was wild, but it, it was, I was confident. I knew where this thing was going. And I was like, okay, now it's one thing to talk the talk and be like, this is the dream. And I'm going to communicate that dream to people. But then you got to get to work and you got to go execute, right? That's the other part of it. And I was never really a big talker in my life. You know, I my dad actually gave me this code when I was a kid. And he said, son, you could, there's two kinds of people in this world. You could either be a talker or you could be a doer. Which one are you going to be? And in that moment, I chose to be a doer for whatever reason. I was like, I'm going to be a doer. He's like, all right, show me. So from then on, I was, I was never really about talking what I was going to do. I would just say, hey, dad, I did this. And he'd be like, great. And that was kind of how I got my love and attention by accomplishing things. And obviously that has its pros and cons, you know, because we're, we're not all just about what we do, but it definitely helped in the business world because I would go and get shit done every single day. And we built out that company, you know, we took it public, we made it successful. Right now it's like the number one selling brand in Canada. It's crushing it. And it gave me a lot of experience to take into the entrepreneurial world and the business world and, and even my personal life in general. Nice. I, I have a lot of questions on that. The first one is, you know, I have my business right now. It's going well, but I do want to raise money for it eventually. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, do you have any, that, that can be a very intimidating process, mm -hmm. right? Um, and even though I, even though we could continue on how we're doing and, and grow just fine, I think it's a skill that you have to get good at if you really want to start to make good money, right? right? Even if you don't need it, it's it's a good skill to get good at. So do you have any advice for me or well, anyone else out there who's thinking of raising soon? Yeah, sure. No, I'm happy First to time. I'm happy to give advice, Lucas, for sure, especially to you. You know, I, I think you're up to some great things and you're a rising star here. So, uh, but I, I would ask you, what's intimidating about it? What, you know, what's intimidating? Well, I can, I can definitely do it for sure. And I'm going to do it. But I think anything new is intimidating. You sure. know, I think... Um, I mean, even like when I did my first podcast, I was nervous as hell. And, you know, right. it just you, you get better over time. Um, right. Same thing with giving a speech or talking to a girl for the first time. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just new. Yes. Um, but I mean, yeah, nothing's nothing's stopping me. Like there is no wall. I'm going to do it eventually. But, yeah, I'm just curious. Um, were there any 
key key takeaways you had afterwards from raising um even if it's as simple as like don't overcomplicate things or um let them let them do the talking what they're looking for maybe it's it's just something i have to figure out on my own yeah well definitely getting the reps in like everything but i would say as far as advice goes i would say these are the a couple key things i've learned along the way is like not all money is good money because you're basically you're selling these people on a dream that you believe in right and and as long as you believe it in your heart of hearts that you have what it takes to execute on this thing and you're going on a you have a vehicle you know for, let's say it's your business or the the shorts or whatever it might be that's your vehicle and in this vehicle you're saying i'm going to go from here to here mm. and you know if you help me put some gas in the tank of this vehicle we're going to get over here and we're going to get there together. We'll get there faster. We'll get there faster. We'll get there smoother. We'll get there better. Exactly. And, but like I'm saying, not every money is good money because now you're on a ride with this person mm. and not every single person you want to go on a, a cruise ship with, right? Or, or in this, this vehicle, not everybody you want to hang out with them on this thing, right? It's like people's energies are different. This person may be on the, th- on the ship and be like, Hey, you should go over here. Let's stop over here and be like, uh, no, no, no. Like, we're going over here. So does that make sense? It's yeah, like, absolutely. You want to make sure that people are aligned with you and your vision and they trust you to, you know, to navigate where it's going and, and the waters might get rough, you know, mm. things happen. Business is, is not predictable. And, and a lot of times it gets, it gets complicated. So it's like, you want investors that see the big picture. They see where you're going. They don't bug you along the way too much. And they, you know, don't, it's good to ask questions. That's mm. great for an investor ask lots of questions but you have to have faith and you got to believe and you know only i'd say only bring in people that are energetically aligned goes back to energy because it makes it a lot more difficult and it slows down the journey if people are not on the same energetical thing as you because it's it just slows down the process absolutely i think that's well said and one thing i started to learn i'm very happy i learned it this this soon in my life i used to sacrifice some of my values, um, if there were really shiny opportunities, mm, you could sure, say, sure. Um, whether it is like a potential business partner or investor. Um, I don't know why I just said I haven't done it. But we, I did raise <laughs> two and a half million for nice. this little AI tech startup. That's awesome. The dude, the investors ended up being frauds, mm. kind of, um, or I think they were. They, the money never came. Mm. I, I think it was a situation where they give you a little money up front and then once you become successful they say oh here's the rest but they kind of lead you on for a long time sure. for the reason i yeah we, we raised it but it never came oh, sure. yeah so okay. weren't successful in that um but yeah one thing i've realized from that experience is like if there if there do seem like there are things that are off about the person um even if the opportunity seems like oh my god i can't miss this you can't risk that even if it is something as simple as like oh is, is your is your co-founder or partner are their morals a little bit lapsed, right? Sure. Are, are they making um, decisions that you wouldn't make yourself, right? In their personal life, even if it has nothing to do with business. Yeah, it's all connected. How important is that? Because you, you said you've had a few co-founders. What's the, I think this is such an important question because I think having a partner is so important. I think every young entrepreneur should try and find a partner. It takes off the risk a little bit, but it also gives you a little extra motivation because now – when you have a day when you don't want to go out there and work, it's not just you on the line. It's like somebody else's future too. What advice do you have in terms of picking a co-founder? Picking a co-founder. That's a great question. Um, well, first of all, 
be very selective, you know, because you're in the you're on the ride with this person for a long time. And I would say the best advice I could give is to pick someone that compliments and compliments your skill sets and you compliment theirs as well as like you fill in the gaps. You know, for example, my business partner, Jeff, he's he's an amazing He's an amazing businessman, but he's amazing at structuring a deal, architecting a deal, you know, and he sees things I don't see. He's a visionary. He sees things down the road that I don't see. And, you know, sometimes I'm so head down and task orientated, like my brain works like a checklist, like a pilot, like, okay, we've got to do this. 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 Then we do this. Then we can take off, you know, and if these things don't get done, we're not going to be able to take off the plane. And that's good. That meticulousness comes in handy for sure. But sometimes he's seeing things way down the road that I'm like, holy shit, I never saw that. So all this to say is find someone that has a skill set that you don't have because it's if you both have this, you're co-founding with someone, you both have the same same skill set, you kind of get in each other's lanes and then you're just not optimizing the flow of, of how things can go. So I, I like to to partner up with people that's like, okay, they're going to help me and I'm going to help them, you know, and that is the the best advice I could give. Don't, I wouldn't personally partner up with someone that has the same skill set as me because now it's like you have two, you know, star forwards on the team, and who's going to be shooting, who's going to be passing, and it, and it kind of gets weird. So it's yeah. like just pick your lane and pick someone that has their lane and and go from there. That makes sense. Okay, cool. I think I want to switch a little bit. Sure. After you. IPO'd and you uh, you made some decent money for yourself and you said you moved to LA and you got yeah. to live that uh, you know bachelor life whatever yeah. and you found that girl. <laughs> um, how do you how do you not get distracted with all that? Or did you ever feel? Let me shift a little bit. Did you ever? Was there ever a time? Because I've, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who've said something similar. They make some money and they have a lot of fun mm. and then they feel a little lost. Mm. Like, what am I doing? I gotta get back on. Uh, I gotta get back on the track. Sure. Yeah. So After there's, that win. for sure, there's a few things I could go with that a few directions I could take. But one I would say is, yeah, you, you're at first, you know, like on that first mountain that you're climbing, call it entrepreneurial mountain, and you're you've never done it before. So you want to you want to get all the things that you never got before. You want to get the cool car and you want to get the watch and you want to get the girl and you want to go to the places and all that kind of stuff. And all that's fun. It's all, it's awesome. It's part of the, it's part of that journey up the mountain. But once you get up to that mountain, you realize there's way other bigger mountains to climb. And those ones, like, I guess maybe it's only satisfied because you got to climb that mountain to realize that, but you realize there's so much more, you know, there's, how can you make an impact in the world? You know, can you go to bed at night with a peaceful mind and a peaceful heart, you know, and, and yeah, can you make a difference? Can you create something better that's going to impact humanity? Can you really leave your mark in the world? These are other mountains that I would see, you know, and I'm like, okay, the girls and the partying and the clubs and, and the jets and all that stuff. It's, it's fun. It's great, but it's not fulfilling. It's not going to, it's not going to fill up your heart, you know? So it's like, it's good to find purpose and that purpose can just be you, you know, it doesn't have to be some major pie in the sky thing or not change the world. Like just make yourself best version of yourself. That's more of a purpose than, than most people have. And, uh, you know, be the best person in your bloodline, you know, change your family's ancestral history. That's a, yeah. that's a goal. That's a purpose. So like there's these other mountains and you get there, but I think every entrepreneur has to go through that, get to that first mountain to realize, okay, like 
the Lamborghini is not going to make you happy. It's really not. It's just a, it's a car. It's not even that comfortable of a car to drive, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's part of the journey, you know? And then you, you, there's always another mountain. Getting to the distractions out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings me to my next question. When we were at that dinner together, you said this, and I, I've been thinking about it since, cause I wanted to ask it. You said, if I wasn't distracted by mm. relationships, mm. I'd probably be a billionaire by now. End quote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is, yeah, let me, can you expand on that a little bit? Because I feel like yeah. I'm constantly asking myself that question. Do I, do I put dating aside to mm -hmm. make my money, whatever, become successful in my career? But also, I think finding that the one and starting a family is the ultimate goal for everybody. That is what's most important. I agree. I, I agree with the latter part of that for sure. Finding, quote unquote, the one. And when I say the one, I don't know if there really is a one, but yeah. there's the person or the, the, the partner. I don't like to use that term partner, but um, the woman, you know, like we're speaking to entrepreneurial men out there. The woman that's going to help support your dream and help make you and support you be the best version of yourself and keep you focused you know that's what it's really all about so it's like both those answers are true like there's option a you just focus all your energy on building and you will build something epic and that is for sure the more that you take the risk and distract yourself with a potential woman that could be the one mm -hmm. you're just reducing the focus that you're putting into building and there's only so much energy in the day right we only get 24 hours a day got to sleep a bunch of them so there's only so much focus that you have the day during the day to build and every time that you're going to the trough to, to try to find that that person um that woman it's just taking a little bit of focus away and yes ideally perfect case scenario you find the you know the perfect girl for you and she's amazing and she helps, you know, she helps support you in your dream. That's the best. And then, then you have it. You don't have to think about other girls. You don't have to worry about other girls. You got your girl. You guys are a power couple, all that jazz. It's great. Sounds great. It is great. But there's a lot of work that comes with that too. You know, I, I, there's, I don't know anybody that has a relationship that doesn't have to put work into it. And I know a lot of successful entrepreneurs. I have private intimate conversations with them and a lot of them challenging in the relationship. It's just, especially because usually what happens is if you're, you know, you're a powerful dude, you're doing some powerful things in the world, you're going to attract a powerful woman. And usually those powerful women, they require a lot of attention. They require a lot of energy. They require a lot of depth and there's only so much energy to go in the day. So it's like, if you're building something, it's, it's challenging. I'm not saying it's not possible, I love this topic, you know, happy to go back and forth on this because there's no right or wrong answer. But I would definitely plant a flag in the ground and saying that women can be the ultimate distraction. So you better find the right one because otherwise, like, man, you're really putting off building that dream. And if you just focused on building that company, building that dream, I guarantee you there'll be a lineup of women for you, you know, and then you could literally pick your pick from the litter at that point. It's interesting because I... I'm curious your take on this. I made a video saying just that. <laughs> nice. I made a video yeah. saying almost all of my young ambitious friends right now in their 20s are putting off dating mm. to build their castle. Nice. Um, 
because like you said finding the wrong person can be detrimental disaster. right it can set you back years disaster yeah um but not only that a lot of my friends look at themselves like a stock sure and they say okay my stock's low right now no one wants to buy me why would anyone want to buy me i haven't proven myself yet i'm apple before any of the serious tech came out right, right. Why don't I just put all my energy into increasing the stock value? And then later on, a lot of people are going to want to buy me. So I'm going to have more options. And it's interesting because I'm always open to other opinions, but I think that's the right, like, that's how it works. And you seem to agree. So many girls got upset at me saying that. Yeah. I hate how you guys think this way. You guys are all going to be lonely when you're older. But, like, they're the ones that are out on these, like, jets and yachts, like, having yeah. fun. You know what I mean? Not all girls. There's a lot of girls that are focused, too. Yes. Um, but I think you're right in that. If you sacrifice and work towards something and build an impressive life for yourself, you will have a lot more options than if you're that loser that works at the restaurant or whatever, um, who's been there for 30 years. Nothing against that kind of profession, but. Sure. Um, yeah, you're right. You'll definitely have a lot more options. That is for sure. You know, there's some risks that come with that one, too. You know, you may get become a millionaire, a decamillionaire, a billionaire, and then you just never know if the women are with you for your money or not. That's true. You know, so that's the that's the risk that you're taking. The other side of that, you know, just to play devil's advocate, but I, I do agree with you. But to play the other one is like, okay, you get a girl, she's with you through thick and thin, ride or die. She sees you struggle, all the the late nights and the early mornings and the stress and the all the crazy shit that comes with entrepreneurship that most people have no idea about. And if that girl loves you when you're broke and you're poor, she's going to love the shit out of you when you've made it, you know? Well, that's the goal, man. That's what I think that's what every guy my age wants. That's what they want, you yeah. know? But that's it's almost a it's a dream, too. Yeah. Like it's it, I think it's rare. I think if it happens, it's the best fucking case scenario and and all the best to you. I I wish that for everybody listening. If you could find that, God bless you. That's fucking awesome. It's rare though. I and I'm 40 years old. I haven't seen that very much. You know, I've seen it a few times and shit gets rocky, man, you know? So it, it's like pick your pick your choose your own adventure. They're both you can't go wrong. All paths will lead to fulfillment. Um but all I know, I'll just double down on this one is women can be the ultimate distraction and I think the reason this one is going to piss some people off, but that's okay. The reason why they're probably getting pissed off about that is probably because, you know, a man's stock rises as time goes on and sad to say but a woman's stock goes down yeah. like she's in her peak in her 20s and then you know she's got to really maintain herself to really attract that man that's going to be at his prime at 40 years old or 35 years old so it's like there's a game being played there and in the girls in their 20s they have their pick of the litter right they for could sure. have any guy they're getting flown on jets and everything's paid for and drinks and this and just because they have a great body you know so they have their their time and then the hard-working man will have his time and they're just inverted so yeah. It is what it is. That's the game we're playing. So, well, having said that, the whole, if I wasn't distracted by relationships, I'd be a billionaire. Yeah. Do you have any regrets or do you think you, or yeah, do you, do you have any regrets? I have no regrets. There's things I think about, you know, that I'm like, ah, I should have done this. I should have done that. But do I really sit in regret? No. You know, because I have, they're my experiences. They're my memories. They're the, I've had some of the best the best experiences i've had have been in relationship mm -hmm. you know so it made me who i am today um and and money doesn't mean everything if i was a billionaire i would probably be a billionaire because the amount of attention and energy that i put into those relationships and women and dating and traveling and all that kind of stuff 
man, there was a lot of fucking energy that I could have put into building something. I still built some cool shit, so I don't, I don't feel bad. But I just realized, like, it's all energy, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like the more energy that you could pour into something, the more it will grow, you know? That's, it's as simple as that. So I've been experimenting, you know, on the topic of energy and, and that. I've been experimenting with semen retention and celibacy mm-hmm. and just channeling all my energy into building and really turning the dial up. Uh, because I've done the opposite, where I've been, you know, leaky energy and, yeah, letting, and loose. letting loose, exactly, and dating women and all this kind of stuff. And I, I got to just see the difference of how fast something can grow when you focus in on that. And I'm a big believer in that. Interesting. Okay, I like that. Nice. Well, let's shift a little bit. On that note, the word balance, mm. right? Do you believe in that word? Do you mm. think it's a bullshit way of describing um, something that shouldn't even be described because it's so individual. Hmm. What is balance to you? That's a good question. I do believe in balance. I, I, I believe there's always a middle way, you know, and I was an extremist for many years. So I would take things, like I said, I'd really full send it and, and go balls to the wall and so many things that I did with flying, with partying, with business. And I would just full send all in all the time. Like, it's aggressive. It's a, it's an aggressive way to play. And then I've seen other people that are extremely conservative and doing the opposite and, you know, scared, you know, so, and, but they're, they're, they might last longer, you know, like they'll still, they could still have a, a chip in a chair and they're still playing the poker. Mm-hmm. And well, I could have went bankrupt a couple times. Right. So I, all this to say is I do believe there's a middle way. There's always a middle way. And that's where balance for me is, is like, okay, the, you don't want to swing the pendulum too far either way because you'll always end up, you know, going to these extremes. And now I'm just, I'm done with extremes. I'd rather be balanced, like you said. Thank you for the compliment. I'd rather stay centered. I'd rather be centered my energy in my heart, slow things down, make one move at a time, one day at a time, make every shot count. And yeah, I'm, I'm still swing for the fences here and there, mm-hmm. but maybe not on every pitch. Hmm. Nice. I'm curious, how has your experimentation with psychedelics impacted that? Because you said, Mm -hmm. you know, big party for a while, then you went completely sober. Now you're trying to show everyone the benefits of psychedelics. Um, You know, you you told me something right before we started this podcast, what you're doing with your teammates. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, sure. Um, Sure that. But yeah, so you said, yeah, what can you talk about, like, how you got into this world of psychedelics? What the impact is some people are so against it. Some people are so for it. Sure. Curious your opinion on that. Yeah, no, great segue. Great shift into that. I love this topic. Um, First of all, I'll say it's a perfect segue from the last one where I went extreme into psychedelics at one point, you know, and I, I first discovered them. It was such a paradigm shift for me. I was totally left brain before I was a pilot checklist, all this kind of stuff very left brain completely living in my head and i didn't even know it you know until i i went to it was in peru 2016 i went and sat with ayahuasca my best friend and business partner and it it cracked me open it made me realize wow there is a whole other way to look at life here it brought me into my heart it it opened up my mind to all kinds of different possibilities that i had no idea of so that was the 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 entry point and it was awesome you know, and then I started microdosing, then I started doing 
larger doses, hero doses, mega hero doses. What's that? How much is that? Oh, like 10 grams of psilocybin. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But I I wouldn't recommend that. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying don't do that. Like literally don't do that. Um, I don't believe everybody can handle that, you know, but I, for me, I had to go to that extreme to really realize the power that these things have. And then it was because of that, that I was like, okay, I don't, up until that point, I was very much on planning on bringing psychedelic products out to the world. But then I went too far. I saw the dangers of that. And I don't believe every human being could come back from how far I went. So I was like, yeah, I really believe these things should be treated sacredly and with responsibility. So from that point on, I made a decision that I'll never release a large dose product into the world, even when they're they're legalized. So... And I am advocating for the legalization of psychedelics, but responsibly. So we're coming out with our first legal microdose psychedelic product in Q2. I'm super excited about it. This is probably the thing I'm most excited about right now in my life. We've been studying this thing for a couple of years. We found a, a compound uh, of mushroom that's a psychedelic compound of mushroom that's legal. We're doing it on a very ultra low microdose with biotechnology. So it's a precise dose. So you know exactly how much you're getting. We're doing with a protocol and we're doing this so that we can start to get people familiar with the psychedelic on a very responsible way. So they could start to have a different perspective in their mind that can help them make better choices. And, you know, I'm a firm believer if you start making better choices every day, you're now shifting your trajectory and before you're going over here. And now you're going here and you're going in a completely different direction. Um, And that's could be scary for people. But that's how you really make a change in your life is by making a change and going in a new direction. So, yes. Well said. So going on this and this is a form of psilocybin. It's not a form of psilocybin. Psilocybin is illegal. Yeah. So I love psilocybin. I'm I'm microdosing psilocybin right now. I take it pretty much every day. (laughs) There you go. I take it five days a week. Um, I love it. And I wish it was legal, but it's not. Um, one day. Uh, so, yeah, but there's thousands of types of mushrooms out there. And there happens to be a few of them that are psychedelic that are not scheduled. They're not illegal. And we've studied them a bunch. Uh, they have been studied a bunch, especially in Russia. So there's a lot of, without giving the active ingredient away publicly until it's launched. But this mushroom has been around for thousands and thousands of years. There's lots of data that supports it helps with anxiety with sleep, with pain, with PTSD, with depression, like major, major things that the results we're seeing are incredible. So it's very exciting for me because like I want to I wanna help people. I want to help solve problems. I'm a problem solver by nature. So it's like, yeah, if I could solve the problem of anxiety, like I believe so many people are struggling with anxiety, especially in North America these days. We just have such like big aspirations and there's so much comparison and all this kind of stuff. People are really struggling and I used to struggle with anxiety. So I get it. So it's it's very inspiring for me if I could help solve the problem of anxiety with a mushroom. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to try it. Yeah, I like I'll your stuff up. right now, so I can't wait to try this. I'll, I'll hook I'll, you up for sure. I'm also like, you know, I'm trying to, uh, with what you said about how, you know, some people can't handle um, large doses of any substance mm-hmm. that um, alters your mind. I think a lot of it really depends on the person. You know, my... Uh, I won't say who, I guess, but I have a family member who, you know, used to, um, 
work a normal nine to five. Now he's an entrepreneur. He's doing very well. And he's like one of the most balanced people I know, right? Yeah. He tried every single drug um, that you could find mm. online just to try it, yeah. including heroin, including meth. He, he just tried them all. He said, I'm just going to try it all right just, on. just to see what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was able to do that and not have it fuck him up. But he's also like one of the, you know, one of the most balanced, like just uh, he's disciplined. Uh, yeah. Honest and disciplined with himself. Individuals I know. Um, and he, he got he said it was terrifying, but he got a lot out of trying all those things it brought him more to reality um so i think it can be very beneficial to people with what you're doing with your team you know bringing them to um where did you say again costa rica costa rica to do ayahuasca um what's what do you hope to get out of that fuck yeah it's gonna be intense so i'm going to costa rica next week with my team we do this every year uh we go to this resort a private resort deep in the jungle and we stay with ayahuasca with uh amazing shaman that's been doing this for like 25 30 years or something he's he's a true true shaman he's it's an honor to sit with him and do medicine with him i don't think i would actually sit with anybody else now that i've sat with him because it this shit is is it's real and it's scary and it's you know you get to face you know we talk about facing fears you really get to face everything all your bullshit just gets brought up to the surface and you have the opportunity to either like okay, avoid it and look away and, and try to make it through the ceremony or you just face it and you you purge it out of you. You know, that's why we're that's why we're going to sit with ayahuasca. It's not for all fun and games and psychonauting through the galaxies, which sometimes could happen. But no, it's really to to clear out all our bullshit and the whole team goes and we we sit for three days and three nights and we puke our brains out and like physically? Physically, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah, puke our fucking brains out, dude. And uh, it's it's intense. I'm not really looking forward to it, yeah. to be honest. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. I'm not really looking forward to that, but I'm looking forward to when it's over. And I'm looking forward to the insights that I get out of it. And I'm looking forward to, like, yeah, getting facing all my shit and, and getting it out of there. Nice. So you're essentially, what it sounds like is you're you're removing the clutter so you can see more clearly, right? Exactly. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I would definitely be open to that one cool. day. I'll uh, let you know when he comes to Austin. Oh, yeah. No, it seems like there's a lot of people here in Austin that are into that kind of stuff. Um, and, I, yeah, I've only been here for five months, but it's been uh, it's been really cool. Just, like, how genuine and open people are just to experimenting, like, trying to become a better person. Yes. But, um, yeah, I love it. On a different note, I think, because um, this has been a great episode, I want to wrap it up pretty soon here. Sure. Um, what is... I asked this question to every single person I have on the podcast. I actually got it. Oh, I think we might have asked this at that dinner. We That's were all right. At. But I, uh, I want to hear your answer. I think it's really valuable for sure. the podcast because I stole it from that dinner. Oh, cool. Um, but what's one thing you hold to be true hmm. that everyone else would certainly disagree with? Hmm. I have a few things like that that could piss people off. But um, one I would say... This is just what's coming up, you know, it, and I don't know how many people would piss off or not or how many people would disagree with it. I'm sure a bunch of people would disagree with it and that's totally okay. Uh, is that you really have the opportunity to give life whatever meaning you want. The meaning that you place on something will dictate your emotions and it will dictate so many things that come from that. So it's funny for me to see the meaning that people put on stuff. Because that's their opportunity. You know, that's, I think, the gift that we get in this life is like, oh, you could say this means that and this means that. But it's really up to you. You're writing your own script. 
And I think some people would argue that like, oh no, this happens and it's circumstantial and all this kind of stuff. And basically that life is happening to you. I would say, no, it's happening for you. And even beyond that, it's happening through you. It's happening through your story and how you're choosing to show up every day and every choice that you make will actually make an impact. Everything matters and nothing matters at the same time. It's this paradox, but it's literally all up to you to choose the meaning that goes with it. And that's totally up to you. Nice. I like that. Cool. <laughs> and so moving forward, um, with that being said, for your future, for the journey that you're on, what is, it's a generic question, honestly, mm. but what is success to you? Now that you've you've done a lot, right? You've, <clears throat> you've seen a lot in terms of physical places, in terms of experiences. You've made a lot of money. You could just stop right here and enjoy the rest of your life and hang out, right? Relax. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, what is success to you ultimately? Like, what is your dream? Yeah, what is your dream life, I guess? Okay, two different Two different answers to that, but I'm happy. I love the question, so thank you. Um, success for me is really based on three things. This is what makes you successful in my books as a human being. Is One is if you get to wake up in the morning and there's something that you're genuinely excited about that gets you out of bed, that you get to do that's bigger than just yourself. You're on the road to success. Number two is when you lay down at nighttime and you put your head on the pillow. And if you could close your eyes and basically go to bed in peace with a peaceful mind and a peaceful heart, you're also on the road to success. You're living a successful life. And number three, I'd say is if you can stop at any point during the day and look yourself in the mirror and look into your own eyes and see the reflection coming back to you and be totally at peace and pleased with what you see. And you're not, you know, not living in integrity. If you're living in integrity and you could look yourself in the mirror and you like the reflection that you see back, you're living a successful life. So based, if you have doing those three things, you're just as successful as any entrepreneur. Oh yeah. I love that. It's funny you say that. Cause I talk about in, in, in different wording. I say those all the time. Like, um, you know, I started, my business and this whole idea of wanting to be an entrepreneur, I think most people start on this journey because they want to get rich, right? right. Every little kid's like, I want to get rich, of right? Um, but I've started to realize like the ultimate success, the the truest form of wealth is literally like you said, like going to bed and instead of dreading waking up tomorrow for whatever reason, your job, your you know, you don't want to come to reality with your current situation in life. If you can go to bed and be excited to wake up tomorrow, mm -hmm. then that is the true form of success, right? So I love that you said that. And it makes me happy because it means I'm doing something right. So I'm happy about that. Good to hear. You're what, living a successful life. Oh, yeah, man. I'm trying. What if, about the second part? Well, the second part, yeah. yeah. I'll just add it a bit because yeah, if yeah. you're, if, and this may be obvious, but if you're living the opposite of that, if you don't have peace when you go to bed, if you're not excited when you're getting up, and if you don't like the reflection of yourself in the mirror, that to me, the opposite is just, it says it all, you know, you're not living a successful life. So anyway, that was probably redundant, but my dream life, I'm living my dream life. I'm, I'm doing exactly what I love. I, I'm on mission, you know, I get to, to do what I love and get to bring something cool to the world that's never been brought out before. So that's super exciting. You know, my, my soul gets lit up by doing things that 
has never been done, you know? So to come out in the world and bring out these cool products that could help people, that that's what I would be doing. Even if I had billions of dollars, I would still want to be trying to come up with cool things and invent things that, that have never been done and, and see how they play a factor in people's lives. Um, I'd probably have dream life. I'd probably have a dope house on Lake Austin. So I'm working towards that, but I still love where I live and I get to play pickleball every day. And I, I'm living a good life. Sweet, man. I'm glad. I think, yeah, if you're, if you already feel like you're successful right now, then, you know, there is no, you're, even though you'd still have a lot to accomplish and you have a lot on your radar and, and things you want to do, like you're already, you've already arrived essentially on one of the two paths. So amen. anyway, thanks so much for coming on, man. Alex Wolf, Thank check you. out his products, Eons. I've been using them myself once again. Awesome. awesome. Um, and you. I'm excited to see what you come out with, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on. And if you like this episode, guys, make sure to subscribe and uh, tune in for the next one. Thanks, Luis.